When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. The current status of trade for U.S. corn, sorghum, barley, ethanol, and distillers dried grains with solubles is good. Carrie Sifferath, Vice President of the U.S. Grains Council, shares more. The 2021-22 marketing year was very good. You know, we saw very good exports of corn, sorghum, and BDGS ethanol. Coming out of COVID, we've seen reduction of, of ethanol demand a little bit in the U.S. and globally, and really seen that bounce back with ethanol. I think it's our second largest year for ethanol exports, and so really, really happy with that as we continue to look and develop and expanding markets, especially for ethanol, as it's a key way for us to move corn or feed grains out in a, in a value-added form. How about sorghum, barley, dried grains, things like that. For sorghum, uh, you know, we China has been the big, big market for U.S. sorghum the last almost uh, last six, seven years. Um, that had continued to be last marketing year, and we're, we're continuing to push forward to see, hopefully have uh, China continue to buy sorghum in the current year. DDGS, uh, another good year. We'll see a lot of uh, exports. Mexico continues. Uh, not only are they our largest corn export market, they're our largest uh, DDGS export market. Um, but key markets in that Asia-Pacific region, Vietnam being our s- second largest one, uh, South Korea being the third. And those two big markets take predominantly a lot of DDGS in container form. Um, and so we see a lot of containers being loaded in the Midwest and then going directly to those markets. And so it's a great way for local demand to really be seen because you know, you'll literally see truckloads of DDGS leave an ethanol plant in southern Wisconsin or northern Illinois, go to Juliet, Illinois, get put in a container and make its way over to whether it's South Korea or Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand, other markets in that Asia-Pacific region. You kind of mentioned Mexico and China being big proponents of this. Let's talk about the trading partners for these commodities, including those relations with Mexico and China. And how is the drought, the effects over in Ukraine, Russia, all of these current events, how are these really affecting the grains where they are and the projection of potentially the volatility of it and where we're going? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we had dry uh, areas in the main corn-growing uh, regions and even the sorghum-growing regions of the U.S. We're coming off just finishing harvest, and it looks like a decent-sized crop, not as large as we'd like to have. And so, but just reassuring our international customers that, yes, we have we have the corn, the sorghum, the DDGS, ethanol, the products t- to supply to you. Um, but we are seeing, you know, that those dry conditions have, have really caused some issues on the river, very low water levels on the Mississippi and the Illinois and the Ohio river which feeds a lot of corn soybeans sometimes even ddgs to silver grains down that river system to the new orleans region to out to the export market and so reinsuring customers that there's other ways to get our products that container aspect of it we have facilities on the lakes that we can export products out to certain regions and even uh, the dawn company is looking to open up that new facility in in milwaukee in in the coming year or so and and i know a lot of people are looking forward to that or even being able to move grain off the Pacific Northwest to, especially to those Asia Pacific markets. So trying to work with our international customers and find ways to overcome some of the, the shortfalls and the low water levels on the river right now. And we've seen a little bit of rain come in and improve water levels, but we're still a long ways away from normal. How are emerging markets looking then for U.S. grains? Uh, we're, we're very excited about a couple of different regions. One is India and that South Asia region. We just recently opened up a new office in New Delhi, India to cover 
for India and that whole South Asia region. So Bangladesh, Pakistan, Sri Lanka. And so we're quite excited about that. You know, India already is a, is a good market for U.S. ethanol, um, wanting to expand that. The ethanol that we export to India today is going for industrial use. Um, India does not allow imported ethanol to be used for, for fuel blending at all. They use their domestic sugarcane-based ethanol for that, um, but they don't produce enough ethanol themselves to meet their own E10 mandate. Um, and so we, we're working with them to, to allow, you know, we're not trying to replace your domestic industry, but allow imported ethanol to come in and be blended and meet your own mandate that you have, especially since they're also talking about going to it, expanding that to an E20 mandate by 2025-26. And so having a new office, having our staff on the ground working on those issues on a daily basis and not just how often can we get somebody to India, we're quite excited about that. And I was just in Kenya a couple weeks ago on USDA's egg trade mission. Um, we've been on the ground in Kenya and Tanzania for about the last five or six years working with and helping develop the poultry and feed industries there. And we're seeing some potential there, uh, especially in Kenya. The poultry and feed industry sectors are growing and kind of outstripping their own domestic supplies. They grow a lot of white corn, um, but that's for human consumption. That's their predominant carbohydrate that they eat. And so they're not keeping up with the growing feed and livestock demand. And so they're looking to be able to import, uh, whether it's corn or sorghum, uh, even on the protein mill sides, DDGS and soybean meal. And so there's some things that have changed in Kenya that we think that's going to start to open up that market, maybe even for small amounts here in the next, you know, three or six months. But, at, you know, we're there on the ground trying to make sure that Kenya and Tanzania and other markets in that East Africa, you know, whether it's three or five or ten years from now, become a growing and developing market for U.S. feed growth. Additionally, the free trade agreements and recent memorandums of understanding, can you touch on that and how that is affecting U.S. grains and the producers? A large percentage of, of our overall uh, feed grain exports go to our countries that we have free trade agreements with. You know, obviously, that USMCA and what that's done to, you know, corn and sorghum and DGS going to Mexico, even barley. Uh, Mexico is our biggest barley export market, predominantly for the beer industry. Um, so we're, we're producing barley in the U.S., shipping it and malting it, shipping the malt down to Mexico. They're producing beer and then the Corona beer that comes from Mexico back to the U.S. And so you're, it's it's almost, a, yes, there's a, a border there, but that's part of the, the free trade back and forth that allows those kind of things to happen. And then, you know, Canada, as I said, is our, our largest market for for U.S. ethanol, but it's a big market for corn and DDGS as well. And so that whole USMCA um, and allowing us to have open trade with those two neighboring countries. But other trade relationships that we have, and even China, we don't have a, a real, really much of a, a free trade agreement with them or a trade agreement at all. But the phase one process that went in really opened up some of the hurdles that were there for the products that we cover, especially corn and even barley. And so that opened things up and we saw China really come in the last couple of years and become very large importers of, of U.S. corn. And so that, that's, that's a very beneficial thing. So even if it's not an official trade agreement with the U.S., whatever we can do to, to establish that we worked very hard in Vietnam and lowering tariffs on U.S. corn and U.S. ethanol. Um, you know, we've seen ethanol tariffs go from 20% down to 15, now 15 down to 10. Corn import tariffs from 5 down to 2%. And so, you know, those kind of things are very beneficial, open up and allow Vietnam which is a growing um, economy, very rapidly growing feed industry there. They're already our second largest DDGS market, but hopefully that'll open up even for corn imports.
rates and allow the stress that not just that we're feeling here in the U.S. with inflation, but a lot of our international markets are as well. Inflation and then add on to that what is the exchange rate and the strong dollar doing to their buying power uh, in those countries. And so reducing tariffs um, just makes our products even that much lower cost for them to be able to import. And then lastly, projection for the future. What does that projection look like for the markets, trade, and just improving lives around the globe with U.S. grains? You know, we're very optimistic. You know, we do have that strong dollar that's is, is causing some very strong competition from our competitors down in South America. But yeah, we're going to continue to see growth markets. Like I said, you know, that those big markets, whether it's China and, and, or, and Mexico, are, are long-standing good customers like in Japan and South Korea are going to be there. And then what can we do to develop those growing markets, that whole Southeast Asia region that we continue to see grow? As I said, you know, that South Asia market, how can we open things up in India, um, East and, and West Africa potentials? You know, even the Central and South America markets, you know, whether it's Guatemala and Costa Rica, Central America that are always good, long-standing customers of U.S. corn and DDGS, Colombia, which we do have a free trade agreement, has always been a good customer of U.S. corn. And so there's lots of good potential for us, and we'll continue to work and do what we can to make sure U.S. grain is flowing to all those markets in the future. That was Carrie Sifereff, Vice President of the U.S. Grains Council. You can learn more by going to grains.org. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.